and welcome to the Post Party Project. My name is Amy Heinrich and I am your host. Join me as we chat all things postpartum, celebrating the highs and supporting you through the lows. Everything pregnancy and birth is just such an exciting time, but often chats about postpartum experiences get missed or overlooked because everything's about the baby, which we are also totally here for. But I'm here to hear you and hold you, figuratively speaking, and to listen to your experience. Think of this podcast as your safe space to share, vent, cry, laugh, and know that you're not alone. Now, let's get into it. Hello, welcome back to the Post Party Project. I hope you're having a great day or a great night or a great morning, whatever time you're listening to this. Um, Today's episode is a little different. It is a replay of an episode that I recorded um, when I had my old podcast, which is no longer active. Um, so you won't be able to find it anywhere, which is why I wanted it to have a little spot to live here because it has so much awesome information. Um, it is with Jasmine, who is her Instagram is ja- um, the wholesome dot heart. Um, she is a women's health and nutrition coach specializing in gut health and all things bloating. So this episode is really awesome. We go over things like gut health specifically. We go into signs and symptoms that your gut is out of whack. Um, we talk about like some of those symptoms could be acne, skin issues, eczema, bloating, diarrhea, so many things that could be connected to your gut and why it's really important to get familiar with that and get familiar with your bowels. Um, We talk about how to get the most out of your cycle. We talk about contraception and the gut and also how to support your gut through pregnancy. So I spoke to Jasmine. This was one of my earlier episodes recording. So um, I'm a little bit fresh on the microphone. (laughs) So don't mind that if there's any cringeworthy moments on my behalf. Um, But I have recorded two episodes with Jasmine. This is the first one. And then I'm going to release the second episode, which we go into each trimester for pregnancy. Um, Heaps of awesome information. Jasmine is literally a wealth of knowledge. And Jasmine has had her baby, well, a while ago now, (laughs) but we're going to have another chat soon that we're going to chat about um, postpartum and your gut and where she's at now and moving forward. So I just thought it would be really awesome to have these episodes that I've already recorded, have them living here on the Postparty Project. And there's just such awesome information that, yeah, I hope that you guys get a lot out of it. Um, Yeah, if you're liking the show, always I would be so grateful if you could follow, subscribe, share the love, however that means to you. Um, If you want to come on, if you have an awesome postpartum story, um, experience, anything, um, I'm always open to chat. So um, yeah, you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm at The Post Party Project. But yeah, I'm going to press play on this interview and I hope you like it. Jasmine, thank you so much for joining me today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for asking me to be on the podcast. So I'm so excited to chat with you more. Um, I'd love to know about how you got started. Where did your passion for gut health and digestion come from? Yes. So it's obviously a long-winded story, but I'll narrow it down for everyone so they don't listen to this for half an hour. Um, Basically, 
I guess my journey really started back when I was, I mean, this sounds ridiculous, but literally when I was born. So I was born a preemie baby and um, I was born by a C-section. So both of those can really impact the gut. And back when I was born, that wasn't really well known. We didn't even realise that those two things, which um, obviously I'm not saying anything wrong with a cesarean, like a healthy baby is a healthy baby, but we just needed the education to help our babies when they're first born. Um, so again, like the formula fed breastfed debate, it's more about no matter where they're fed or anything that's happened, it's, it's just to make sure that they're then given the best microbiome um, growth possible. So when you're born by a C-section, unfortunately, you don't get the mother's microbiome as you normally would through the vaginal canal. So we just need to make sure that we top up that. But of course, like back then, my mom had no idea. So she did the best she could with what she could. But I just had super low immunity um, and my gut issues literally started back down uh, back then. So I had a lot of intolerances, um, fructose malabsorption, gluten intolerance, um, which I found out is actually celiac disease now. Um, and they had, you know, um, literally everything, basically. I couldn't eat anything as a kid. I was always sick. I was that kid that always got tonsillitis and gastro and everything because I just couldn't build up my immunity. Um, so that really propelled me then to have a lot more health issues in my 20s when I obviously didn't have a very good foundation and then going into the workforce and being stressed, having more sugar, um, probably wine and like socializing and doing all of the fun things that impacted my health even more so because my body was like, oh my God, I can't even handle anything at the moment. So I had a lot of issues growing up. I had really high blood pressure. At like 21, I was on blood pressure medication, which is just insane to think about. Um, I had anxiety, depression, and all of these things just kept adding up. And then when I turned 25 or 26, I actually was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. So that's basically the easiest way to explain it is when your body's like, no deal, no more. We're stopping you in your yeah. tracks. And I was completely bed bound for two years. So my body had literally said no more. So there was no more socializing, no more work, no more anything. Um, it's pretty crazy, like as a 25-year-old, to have your whole world turned upside down where you can't just the most general things of like getting up to get a glass of water or go to the toilet of too much energy for your body to expel. And then you have to just rest for the rest of the day. So it was a very big eye-opener that I had clearly been burning the candle at both ends and pushing my body to that extreme for so long that I wasn't listening to any of the whispers that it was telling me. I wasn't listening to any of those messages. And it just gave me like a big boulder to be like, well, sit down because you need to stop. Um, and so in that moment, that's when I actually decided to study nutrition because I had heard so many horror stories of people with chronic fatigue that they were bed down for like 11 years or just never got out of bed again, had this forever and were suffering and just there was no end to it. And I thought that is just insane. Like how can this be something that you just never get better from? Um, so when I started studying nutrition and started understanding the gut and how that plays a role, our hormones, um, stress, all of the things that come into play, I just realized that my health really needed a total 360 makeover um, and to really nourish from the inside out and do a lot of mindset work as well. Um, and then that genuinely improved my health, my health tenfold. I mean, I can't even, I just don't even recognize the person that I was then. It's quite insane to even think that I was that girl at any time. Um, but it, I always think at the same time as it's kind of like, well, that sounds really horrible. At the same time, it totally made me see my health for, um, and respected a lot more. And it made me the person that I am now. And now I get to 
share that wisdom and that experience with my clients and everyone else. And so I'm beyond passionate about burnout and preventing anyone from burning out or pushing themselves too far. So that's, that's, oh my goodness, getting tongue-tied. Whether that's like a mum or just someone who's working too hard or just like a normal woman just trying to balance like all the social hats and getting life done, just giving yourself the um, nutrition and the support that your body needs to be able to sustain that is just my biggest passion ever. And obviously that always begins in the gut because that's where it all is. That is so interesting. I, I like I love that. Did you how did you kind of how did you figure out all those tiny things were connected to gut health? Did you start by seeing Western doctors? Did they give you any answers or how did that all come about? Yeah, that's a good one. So I'm a big lover of both Western and Eastern medicine. They have like their benefits of both, but I definitely found more of that holistic approach from the Eastern or a um, like a more of a holistic doctor point of view rather than just a general GP. I did find at the time, though, a very good GP who had that holistic approach, who knew that the mind had a connection to the gut, who knew that your hormones and everything were connected and opened my eyes to that. And especially when studying nutrition, you start to see those connect those dots and see how it all comes together. And that I really appreciate because it's the having that holistic approach to health, that it's not just the food you eat. It's not just um, that you exercise and eat well. It's everything that comes into play. Like it's who you surround yourself with. It's how you spend every single day. It's whether you're happy in your general day-to-day life or whether you really are sad because you could eat all the kale in the world, but you might be in a really bad relationship or struggling through work. And that will impact your health so much more than we realize. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I found that um, Eastern doctors definitely had that more of a holistic approach, but there's some pretty amazing on both sides as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So is it fair to say then like a lot of um, these kind of like issues and that that people are having these days kind of do stem from the gut? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, our gut is it's so interconnected to all of the parts and all of the things that our body does. So when I think of gut health, I still think of it as just a part, but um, a part in the whole thing. So like I don't look at your heart being different from your gut or your lungs being different from your gut. They all work together systemically. And so when um, we get issues, though, I usually come back to that because when there's an issue with, say, mood or depression or there's an issue with um, malabsorption or something like that, all of that does come back to the gut, which comes back to somewhere else, if you know what I mean. So like if you're not sleeping really well, your symptom itself is not sleeping, but at the same time, there's something going on internally in there, which is always connected to the gut because our gut is just like the biggest part of it. Mm -hmm. So with your clients that you see as well, what are some of the signs that the gut might be a bit out of whack at first? Like, and are there things that we can look out for? Yes. So the body is always sending messages. That's probably the biggest thing to take away is that your body is always whispering little things to you and whether we hear them or notice them is the, is the difference between getting a little whisper or getting like a big boulder like chronic fatigue or something or something quite um, significant. So what I love to educate clients, clients is how to listen to those little whispers and see them. And it can be something so small as like you keep getting a pimple in the same spot every month or every week or something like that and that then is telling you that something is happening internally that it may not just be the face cream that you're using every night because why is it coming up on that exact same spot every single day that spot in your face connects to a part in your body so for an example if you keep getting them like between your eyebrows that spot connects back to your liver so your liver might be having a bit of trouble detoxing 
Um, some other little symptoms that if your gut is a little bit, little bit out of whack are obviously things like um, that I just said then with acne and skin issues, eczema, psoriasis, all that kind of stuff can come back to your gut in that way. Obviously, the very obvious ones that most people know are the bloating, constipation, diarrhea. And I would say get familiar with your bowels because it is a daily report card from your body. So if one day you just are super constipated for some reason, that's a message from your body to like, hey, yesterday wasn't a very good day. We didn't have enough water. We didn't have enough sleep. That's like your message that you get from it. So it's not just like going to the toilet. It's literally your body trying to communicate with you. Um, bloating is the same thing. The bloating is coming from somewhere. So what's the message that your body is trying to tell you? Is it that it doesn't like what it ate? Did you eat too quickly? Were you super distracted? All that kind of stuff. Um, even just PMS, bad period pains, um, any type of PMS symptoms. Yes, it's really common. Um, and your sister and your mom probably have had it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. So any type of um, PMS that you're getting, whether that's headaches, um, weight gain, like, you know, that fluid retention right before your period, all of that comes back to um, can be an issue with your gut. Um, my gosh, there's so many other things with your gut, even just like um, deficiencies. If you're not getting any iron, like iron deficiency or vitamin D deficiency, your body's not absorbing it. So if you're getting like weak hair or um, hair starting to fall out, all those types of things can come back to the gut as well. Mm. I swear there's just so many sleep issues, mood disorders, all of the things come Mm -hmm. back to something isn't working right in the gut. And it's so interesting. Like I love that point that you made about like really honing in and listening to your own body because I think that we all live such busy lives and it's so easy for some people just to be like, I go to work, I'm so busy, I don't I don't even think if I've been constipated for yes. three days or things like that. Yes. And it's just or even they've been that way for so many years that it's just so normal. And then in your case, how you said eventually you just had chronic fatigue, like your body was like, Stop, yeah. that's enough. Yes. It's like <laughs> how many times can it whisper to you? And it's funny because clients will come to me and say, actually, I don't get bloated. I don't really have any, um, I don't get constipated or anything. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then we work together for like three days and they're like, oh my God, this is what a poo's meant to be. Like I had no idea. I've been constipated like literally their whole life or they've been bloated their whole life because Mm -hmm. they didn't know there was anything different or how you're meant to feel and how it should be, like Mm -hmm. how you should feel after you do a really good poo. Yeah, exactly. I love that. <laughs> um, so, like, for people, like, what are your steps then when you see a client? Um, do you, what, how do you kind of run through their lifestyle and how, how do you make them a plan sort of thing moving forward? Yes. So, everyone is obviously super personalised and that's a really big thing that I have found. That when I first started working, I wanted to do, like, group programs and bring women together, but I found that you, I couldn't get the results the best results when it was in a group setting because you truly need to hone in on that particular person and how their lifestyle is because we all know that what I eat and what you eat can be so different but work complete, like work perfectly for us or we'll start following the same diet and one will lose weight, one will gain weight, one will feel crappy and one will feel really good. And it really is because we are so, so different in our gut microbiome is different, the way our body processes food is different, even just day-to-day stress can be different or how we sit and have our meals. So Probably the first area that I start with most clients is just looking at what is going on in their world exactly. So where are the stresses coming from? Because even when you say to me, oh, no, I'm not really stressed. No, nothing's going on. I can promise you there's like so many external stresses that would be stressing out your body, whether you know it or not. It might just be that you like every Friday your boss calls at three o'clock and you know that he's going to call and you know that he's going to say something and that just you just wait for that call at three o'clock and that's like a build up all week. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so we look at all of those types of things and then deal with how how we can deal with that stress because stress is probably one of the biggest negative impacts on not only our gut health but our overall health. Um, and so when we are stressed, it's really hard to um, absorb a lot of our food. It's really hard to break it down and utilize it. It's really hard to go to the toilet properly. A lot of people get either the anxious, like diarrhea, or mm. they get that tension and that um, that stress mm. feeling and holding on and get really constipated. So you could be eating the most perfect meal plan, but if you're really stressed about a whole lot of things, it doesn't matter because your body isn't going to get the benefits out of that food. Mm-hmm. Um, so we look at that definitely. And then I look at what they're eating on their plate because a lot of the time we all know what to eat. We all know that, yeah, probably don't have too much processed stuff, don't have too much sugar. And we might tend to go at different times in our lives a little bit more on that end of like having some more sugar and having some more things. During a pandemic, that can happen. Everyone kind of drinks a little bit more alcohol or has a little bit more sugar here and there. So I look at like what's going on there. And then it's usually the finest tweaks or just getting you to understand how to read a label and understand what the food that you're consuming is. Because if it's say you are intolerant to something, you might not even realize what foods it's in. If it's like a garlic or an onion or a gluten, they're they're hidden in so many different things. And even if you're just sensitive to sugar, there's like hundreds and hundreds of different names for sugar in our ingredients list. So it's really hard to just go, oh, I'm just going to quit sugar. And then I'm like, oh, actually, you've been eating it in these things over here because they're all sugars, but you just have no idea it's on your medication or whatever it is. So um, they're probably the first few areas that I look at. And then um, I always, always, always look at the foundations of health, which are like your sleep and your quality of sleep, the quality of rest that you're getting, and just little routines that you can add into each day just to get more joy out of your day. It sounds so ridiculous. I work in gut health and like nutrition, but I have such a big area that is in the joy of life and just getting outside or just doing things that you love and um, not spending like hours in the kitchen meal prepping or creating like these Instagram worthy meals. I just want you to feel nourished and it's delicious, but I want you to be able to enjoy your life and actually feel how good it is to feel in your body. You know, when you just like wake up with energy, wake up without an alarm and actually love the life that you're living, no matter whether you work like a crappy job or the best job, like you love it. Like you walk in there and like that presence, that says everything. That's like a healthy person to me, more than someone who counts macros or like whatever, all that kind of stuff, each to their own. But that doesn't bring me joy ever. Like I want to eat what I want to eat, but I just want to feel amazing. So that's really how I get started with a client. And then when it comes to specific gut issues, like if they had a SIBO, if they had any gut dysbiosis um, or intolerances, working out all of that stuff, that's so personalized to each person to work out like what it is um, through eliminations or just through whatever. But you'd be surprised. Some people could have been eliminate, um, could have eliminated a particular food for years and years. And then we change a few of their lifestyle things, like reduce their stress and get good sleep. And their body actually doesn't attack the food anymore because it's we've got to the root cause of it rather than just taking something out that could actually be really good for you, like garlic and onion or broccoli or something that usually causes bloating, causes um, some discomfort if your gut is in dysbiosis. So that's why I look at all of it. <laughs> yeah, and that's so interesting. Would you say then that stress is would be like a huge factor more than nutrition? Like is that the number one thing yes. then? Or, okay. Definitely, definitely. I mean, think of how stressed we are just in this day and age, especially as women. We're trying to juggle all of, our, all of the plates at every single day. You're trying to like be the best mom or be the best wife, be the best girlfriend, be the best friend, 
then you're trying to like walk the dog, but you still need to clean the house. Oh, but you're still trying to run a business or do your job. And it's exhausting. And even if you think that you have it handled, you're usually pretty freaking stressed out about it. Like it's pretty overwhelming. So when you start to work out, okay, how do I prioritize my day to get what I need to get done, but not trying to overachieve and trying to burn out. Um, And also another thing that I really work on clients is your cycle. So flowing with your cycle and getting the most out of your ovulation phase where you do have more energy and you do have a bit more like oomph in your step and you could probably get in a high-intensity workout, a full day's work and cook dinner and still feel amazing. And then when it's like coming into your nurturing, into your, into your menstrual cycle, that's when we kind of slow down. You might just do a walk and you might only get done like your to-do list just and then maybe dinner is agree. Like there's times and places how to flow with it. And once you flow, you get so much more out of your days without that guilt of like, oh, I didn't do enough today and now I have to get over it. It's about finding that balance. Yeah. And I love that with women and their cycles as well. So how how would you suggest moving through your month um, for a woman? Like is there particular foods or whatever you should eat depending on, and even like you mentioned, things you should be doing like exercise or how you should work that within your cycle? Yeah, I'm so passionate about learning your cycle because I think I didn't learn about mine until I was like 24 or 25. Mm, And that even is pretty like, I feel like, what the hell? We had a cycle for like 10 years or something. I can't even remember how old I was now. But you had how many (laughs) months in that time? And I had no idea. I would like skip my period because I was on the pill. I went on the pill without any education. I just thought, oh, yeah, everyone goes on the pill. That's what you do when you turn this age. Like you get your period, you go on the pill, and that's life. And then you get off it when you want to have a baby. Is that what we do? Mm -hmm. And so many women are like that. Like we just didn't even know. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's not even anything wrong with it because we didn't know. Like we didn't have that knowledge and it wasn't available to us by any means. So we made the decision with the knowledge that we had. Um, But by doing that, then I didn't learn, like I didn't realise that I didn't even get a period on the pill. I thought that it was a period, but really it is just a withdrawal bleed. So you're not getting um, the real detoxification that that a woman's body is meant to have. So when I came off it, it was like the most beautiful connection. I felt so much more of a woman. I felt so much more connected to myself because I understood that a bleed was a blessing. A bleed was actually my body doing its job. It was showing me that I was healthy and that when I was releasing that, I was releasing anything that no longer served me. My body was getting rid of it. And that was like a beautiful thing. When I'm ovulating, it shows that my body's super thriving and that it feels safe to create a child. Like I actually am in awe of the woman, the of a woman's body now and how we have this cycle. Whereas before I'd be like, okay, I have a party. I'm definitely not going to have my period for this. <laughs> Whereas now I'd be like, oh my God, please. And I know like, there's <laughs> yeah. so many women who don't get a period. They're like, please give it to me. Like this is, I need this. So our pill really, really in- affected that and affected our relationships with our body. And also that shame because we we're pretty ashamed of getting a period. We didn't even want to believe it was just mm-hmm. horrible. But now we want it all the time. So now I teach a lot of my clients how to connect back to that and to understand that, like I was talking about with the poo, that's your daily report card of what was happening with your body, but your um, menstrual cycle is a really good indication of your monthly report card. So a lot of women get a really bad, like PMS, crampy, heavy bleed in January because in December we're all socialising, trying to fit in everyone, trying to get all the Christmas shopping done, we're eating a little bit more, drinking a little bit more, and it's a pretty intense month. So then when you have your bleed, that's a report card for last month and it's showing like, oh, actually, that was a little crazy. Can we slow down now? And then you're back to normal by February. So 
um, by tuning in with that, you go, oh, yeah, that's okay. I'm not losing my mind. I just had a really busy month last month. And even during this whole 2020 that's been a pretty intense year is an understatement. A lot of women's cycles have been affected by it because, again, it's that external stress. Even if you don't feel stressed, it's still impacting our bodies and impacting our hormones. So to tap into that and to how to understand your cycle is just kind of understand that a woman flows like a season would flow. We kind of have our months like a summer and then we have our months like winter where a bit more nurtured. So around your um, the week that you're menstruating, you really want to tune back into your body and feel more, more calmer. I wouldn't do any like ab exercises because you're trying not to, that area there is trying to do like some shedding. It's trying to bleed and release and detox. And so by doing ab exercises like heaps of crunches or high intensity, you're taking away the power from that area. You're sending it to all the other areas. So if you just kind of slow it down, I do a lot of walking, even just like gentle yin yoga. Um, you can still move your body. It's still beautiful to move, but you're just not trying to force like your PBs or like lift really super crazy heavy weight. Because when you listen to your body and slow it down at that time, when we're ovulating and in our follicular phase, we get to push hard. That's when we get to do a high intensity. That's when we get to go for runs. We get to like do whatever the hell we want. We've got more energy to burn. We feel amazing. We want to eat different foods. We're kind of like in that peak spring summer phases of like, yes, let's go. Let's do this. And so tapping into that, that's like the best time to apply for a new job or like take a selfie, they say, because your face is more, <laughs> it's more structured. Who knows if that's true, but you kind of come across more, um, like those pheromones are beaming from you, like you seem more attractive, like whatever. It's because your body's trying to send out like, hey, let's make some babies because this is what like our bodies are technically made to do. Um, so I find it absolutely amazing that, we're, that we're, really it makes a lot of sense when you think of it that way. Then after you've had like a crazy amount of time, we head back into our um, phase right before your menstrual cycle and it's again, slow down. Maybe you need to do a little bit more self-care, some baths, some Epsom salts, things like that, because you pushed pretty hard the last two weeks. Like take it, bring it back down a notch, nurture and come back to yourself again so that then you don't get bad PMS, you don't get bad cramps, you don't get weight gain or that fluid retention, you don't get acne um, or sleep disturbances because you're flowing with your cycle. And it's so amazing. Like once you tap in, you're indestructible. I swear as women, we are indestructible when we know our cycle. Yeah, I love that. I think I even read something once about if you push yourself so hard through like your menstrual phase or whatever, it can end up doing you more damage than good anyway. A hundred percent. It can. And then it will impact your ovulation. It'll impact like in all of the phases through. Because remember, like every phase, even though we think slowing down is like a negative, it's totally not. It's helping us. Like it's restoring our bodies. It's like making us recharge so that then we can we can go again. As males, they're so different. They don't need, they don't have the same cycle as us as a month. They don't need to nurture in. Theirs are so short that they can like recharge quite quickly, but we're not males and we don't need to act like them or pretend that we are them. Like we should tap into us because we're so much more powerful and, um, and smart. Like it, it really brings out all of our um, innate intuitions and things like that when we tap into it. And I promise you. 
like mm. not, you are indestructible. A hundred percent. And I would always look forward to menstruating because I was like, this is the time I'm going to have baths. I'm going to relax. Like, yeah. no, I can't do anything. This is my chill week. Like I love yes. it. <laughs> yes. And then you actually enjoy the other weeks as well. I'm like, no, I want to Netflix and chill tonight. I just want to lay here and get over it. So like do nothing. Yeah. And then next week, like I know I'll have so much energy to go out it's not like I finally get past my menstruating phase and I'm exhausted because I kept pushing and then I burn out over the time when I should have more energy like we're just so backwards at that point yeah and so for women like you mentioned um like that's a great way to be if you're not on any contraception contraception um but like how can contraception then affect our gut health is that can it have negative impacts definitely the way I see it is definitely you do you with what you feel is right for your body and um, what you're using it for. All I ask is, so even if a client comes to me that is on contraception, I always just ask, you know, why you want it? Like what made you go on the pill? What was your choice behind it? And usually they, are, they might not have had a choice. They just went on it because the doctor said this will heal your acne or it's a fear base that you know that if you come off it, that you'll get these crazy, crazy symptoms of like, you know, you'll get heaps of acne, heaps of weight gain and your hormones will go all over the shop, which can definitely happen if you don't prepare your body for it because it is um, it is a big change coming off the pill if you've been on it for 10 years. Um, but there's definitely ways to come off it without suffering all of those crazy symptoms. Um, but, yes, coming back to that is ask that question of like what's the reason behind it? Is there Are you taking it for protection like um protection to have not have a baby or is it just because you were trying to not get on the get acne or things like that's pretty much what I hear most of the time Mm -hmm. is like you had acne when you're a kid and the doctor just said this is what you do or you're on it because you had really bad periods as in like quite heavy intense bleeding and you're still on it because you're terrified that that's what you're going to have and if that's the case that to me says there's actually a hormonal issue there nothing to do with the pill so the pill is only um, masking all of those issues because as soon as you come off, I bet you get that heavy bleed back. I get you. I bet you get the acne back because you never dealt with the root cause of what it was. And taking any type of pharmaceutical for a really long time can be detrimental on the gut. So if you are taking it, there's definitely ways to support the body if you need to continue to take it or if there's other options that could still be protecting you. So if you're not ready to start a family yet, um, there's so many ways that you can do that whilst not affecting your gut or your hormones as well. Um, but I would say anything taken long term can be quite detrimental. You're really upsetting that dysbiosis in the gut and you're really putting a lot of pressure on the body to try and self-regulate when it can't regulate with those um, suppressions of the hormones. And so it is a lot harder to tap into that. But I work really closely with a lot of clients to either come off the pill or just tap back into their bodies whilst they're on that. So supporting your nutritional deficiencies that usually are depleted when you're taking contraception um, or any IUDs and things like that. They're quite similar as well. Um, And then also just like lifestyle changes and things like that. And then once you've kind of tapped back into your your energy and making sure you're not burning out all the time, that you're eating the right foods and you're flowing with your body, it can be quite safe to come off of those things if, of course, you're ready mm-hmm. um, and not have that detrimental effect that you would have if you just were like, oh, okay, not stopping it today. I actually came off it, just stopped it out of nowhere. And thankfully, I didn't get like crazy symptoms. But at that time, I was supporting my body with really good nutrition, really good, um, like looking at my mindset, doing all that kind of stuff, eating really well. Lifestyle was beautiful and like. Um, sleeping really well and doing all the right things to support my body so that's why I find that it makes the biggest impact if we put those into place 
um, to get the right result. Yeah, I agree. Like that's kind of where I was as well. I originally went on it because I had really painful periods with um, PCOS and then I eventually went off and it came back really hard, really strong, exactly how it was. And for me, that was such a great thing to then tune into my body and be like, okay, how can I fix this naturally through nutrition? Like how do I need to support myself? And I just think that's so common as well. It's so common and especially even like post-pill PCOS because the pill can cause that those types of things or if you've had really bad periods and you've suppressed them for like 10 years, imagine the buildup of what it wants to like erupt when you finally stop taking it. So there's a reason why you had heavy periods. Like there was something going on there back in back then, but we just didn't really have much education and support around the female body and how we are meant to or even to know that you had a heavy period, you just probably be like, oh, I think I meant to, like, I think this is what a period mm. is because I've had it all my life. And yeah. some people are lucky and some people aren't lucky, but that's not even the case. Like a period should be quite an easy experience. It shouldn't actually be heavy or painful. It should just kind of, it should just flow is really mm. how it should be. Like it comes, it's here. It's, like you might feel sensations, but it's not, it doesn't disrupt your day or disrupt your world. So that's a good indication if something's a little bit out of whack as well. Yeah, and for anyone who's thinking about coming off the pill, because I did the same as you, I was just like, no, no more, stop. And then I kind of then started realising, like Googling, like, okay, what is happening to me now? Why do I have pimples? Like, what the hell? So for anyone that does, like, wants to come off and they don't want the pimples or they don't want it, whatever, what can they do? Yeah, I would honestly say work with someone because just like your gut health, everyone is very, very different. And it depends how your lifestyle is now um, and like all the reasons for coming off the pill, how long you've been on the pill, like if it's two years or is it 10 years or like longer um, and that type of thing. And I would say work with someone whilst you're still on the pill to, so it, for instance, I'm working with some women even at the moment and we're working on um, topping up all of their nutrients, making sure that all of their stores are really good so nothing's feeling depleted. Their lifestyles have to change in the sense of like how they work out how they use, how they stress and um, all that kind of stuff, their sleep and working on all of those areas so that they are like the best version of themselves before then we come off and then we help detox it out of the body and help support the body to balance out those, find that normal homeostasis balance of um, where how the hormones should release, like how the estrogen should release, how the progesterone should and the natural balance of them both so you don't get any dominance in either one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is there much, um, is it kind of similar with all forms of contraception or is it mainly just the pill, like with other hormonal contraceptions? Yeah, so there's there's so many available now. It's quite crazy. But um, they, again, that's the thing why I would say work with some because there are different approaches for different things. Some are hormonal where they're like, um, so the pill is obviously like putting in fake hormones into your body, how your body sees them as a fake hormone, or it could be using like the copper IUD, things like that. So there are different types which would result in a different protocol of how to prepare the body to come off of it and how to detox the body once it's been removed as well. But there's definitely ways around it that are super safe. And even educating, um, the biggest thing that I found, like I was saying, how I connected back to my body and started to understand it, is educating people on our cycle when you can fall pregnant and protect, like practicing safe sex, protect, uh, my goodness, (laughs) practicing safe sex finding ways of how to understand your cycle so you can see when you should be practicing like super safe sex or not sex at all all that kind of stuff so that you know um because I think even till I was really 25 I thought that you could fall pregnant every day of your Mm. cycle I just thought like that's what I just had no 
education on it because we never learned that and we're probably fear-based into just don't have sex, like just don't take the pill and then you can have sex. Mm. Um, and so understanding that makes a really big difference and it makes you then connect and feel your body, like feel when you're ovulating is pretty beautiful. It sounds weird, but like when you're mm. ovulating, it's such a beautiful process that you're like, oh my God, my body is changing and it is a really good thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I love that. And this is probably more of um, a selfish question for me being pregnant, but what, <laughs> <laughs> what would, um, what's the things to do to support gut health in that throughout pregnancy and even post, like once the baby comes? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. There's secrets coming in 2021 for the wholesome heart to support so many women um, that want to start families because I've just seen it happening so much of the preconception and then whilst you're pregnant and then also like postnatal because there's so, and even during pregnancy, there's so many different parts like this. Each trimester represents something different and obviously how you should be supporting your body. Um, a really good um, tip is zinc when you are pregnant as well, because if you're getting any stretch marks, it's usually a zinc deficiency. Oh, so get your zinc up as well. <laughs> yeah. um, that's a really good one just to help <laughs> as you're growing and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say where you are now, because are you at, is it 19 weeks? Um, 18. So second trimester, 18. but yeah, the first trimester for me, I just felt was horrible. I was so healthy before. Yes. And then I was like, how can I even eat? Like having a bit of a knowledge on nutrition. I was like, what? I'm only eating like Vegemite toast. Like, <laughs> like why, why, it's, why does that happen? How funny. So it's like, that's the point where you're like, oh my God, I need to be nourishing the baby. I need to be like, I'm growing it from the beginning right now. I need to be doing everything. But as like anyone going through that stage, all I can say is, eat what you can choose the better options as much as you can but yeah you probably only feel like toast and Mm -hmm. carbs and things like that better to eat those anyway um and also rest 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 like is the be all and end all of that because when you think about it all of your body and your brain and everything that is being used is going straight to that baby so you're just trying to recharge your body as much so that you can function with both Mm-hmm. Um, so never feel guilty, even in all of your other trimesters, never feel guilty for naps because you really are doing so many jobs at once. Like you're growing more blood vessels to support this baby. You're growing more things for yourself as well as the baby. Um, so it's so much more, you don't need to eat for two. That is definitely an old wives tale. Even though you feel hungrier, mm-hmm. it's more of just like your, um, your brain's survival mode going, oh, I think we need to eat more. I think I need to give something more to that baby because we don't have much left over here but really just supporting yourself with a whole lot of whole foods and nutrient-dense foods. Now, as you head into this second trimester, you do feel like you can um, eat a little bit better because you're not as nauseous and um, overwhelmed at that very beginning trimester. Mm -hmm. So yeah, choose your whole foods. I would definitely start looking at a good probiotic and that as well, um, looking at a probiotic for this stage. And then also, um, especially in your last trimester, is like really non-negotiable probiotic because that's mm-hmm. when you're trying to build that microbiome to get ready to give to the baby. And as well, postnatal, when you're breastfeeding or anything, just trying to give the baby more of um, healthy probiotics. And if you aren't breastfeeding, then just find a healthy infant probiotic as well just to help build their um, microbiome and their immunity and everything up so that as they grow older, they already have that really solid foundation of gut health. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty standard, just like you would with these things. Like you want all of your really vital nutrients, um, minerals and, um, all of that kind of stuff. You may need a, a multivitamin or some type of mineral 
essential to get you through because you might not be able to get it from your diet, especially because you're not feeling like eating all of the things or eating bowls and bowls of vegetables Mm -hmm. Um, and just eating things that are super easy to digest. So as we come into summer, like, yes, smoothies are going to be easier, but even soups or warmer foods that are just super soft and easy to digest, not taking up a lot of energy to digest. So usually salads take a lot to digest um, because they're colder and the body has to work a little bit harder to break them down but just utilizing your teeth as much as you can to chew, chew, chew and break it down. So by the time it gets to your stomach, your stomach doesn't have to overload work um, to break down the food. And this goes for literally a person who isn't pregnant as well. Like we don't want our body to be using all this energy in the stomach and in our gut to break down foods. We should be breaking it down in our mouths first because it doesn't, we don't have that much energy. So we want to break it down so that then here it can actually go into its next phase and start to really absorb it and utilize it. Um, but especially for pregnant women because you're trying to not utilise any excess energy that you don't need to and give the rest to bubs. Mm-hmm. So those types of things would be my best. Yeah, um, and we mentioned um, we mentioned before about gut health um, kind of meaning that like if you have unbalanced gut, it can be sometimes you have period problems and things like that. Does that also then, can gut health then affect women who are trying to get pregnant and fertility? Yes, yes, definitely. So Um, the way that I see it and is that a fertile body is when your body is probably at its healthiest and it's thriving because when you think of it, when your body says that it can create life and it can make a baby, that's it saying, oh, my gosh, like everything's working in its place. I feel safe. I feel protected. So you don't have so many external things going on. So when we see an imbalance there, it can just be there's an imbalance internally, definitely with um, gut health dysbiosis or not enough good bacteria in the gut um, some issues with breaking down food and absorbing food because again if you're going to be eating all this amazing food taking all these amazing supplements mm-hmm. you don't want to sh- like poo them out straight away because mm-hmm. that is an, a very expensive poo and ain't nobody got time for that so we want to make sure that your body is utilizing it definitely um, and when so when your body is going through that and you're having trouble I definitely believe in um, like not everyone gets the privilege of doing it, but some type of preconception diet or um, nutritional thing just to up all your body stores so that when you do fall pregnant, you do have all your stores really, really high. You're not nutrient deficient, you're not iron deficient or anything like that. Um, and that your hormones feel really supported so that again, even when you're in pregnancy, you're not going through a lot of the hormonal imbalances that naturally will happen, but they're a lot more um, balanced when your hormones are balanced so you don't kind of go like crazy mm-hmm. um there will be times you probably do go crazy anyway but that's just life as a woman I believe mm-hmm. but um it's the same even just as a normal person like when you, sorry not normal person a person not pregnant <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah all the normal a person not pregnant yeah the yeah. normal folk that aren't pregnant out there <laughs> they would probably just they need to have the same thing like they need that balanced hormone thing because then you don't feel crazy you don't feel like you're losing your mind all the time I swear like gut health and um, like even an imbalanced gut can genuinely make you feel like you're losing your mind because you might be super emotional. You might just be like, I can't think straight. I can't concentrate on this Word document. You can read like one sentence and you're like, I have no idea what I read then. And that can be an idea that your body is a bit imbalanced there as well. It doesn't even sound like they're connected, but they definitely are. Your gut does so much more than just break down your food and digest it. So Mm. definitely look into that if you are wanting to start a family it is really important to um, get all that because that conception phase where you literally are making the baby so much impacts that it can impact how the dad's feeling and how the mum's feeling on that day 
Mm. What they've been doing and eating in that moment can be how they create that life there. So we want to really make sure that mum and dad are as happy and as relaxed because then it really creates that best um, foundations for your love as well. Mm. Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's so interesting. Thanks for all that. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so I'd love to just put it back on you for a little minute here and just I'd love to know what a normal day in the life of you looks like. Like how do you support yeah. your gut each day and how do you fit work in and balance and how do you how do you do it all? Yes, okay. I don't always do it all. I still have days I have meltdowns. Don't worry. I don't think that I all together all the time. I do. Um, I preach all the time work-life balance and I really make a conscious effort to find that. There's always going to be random days that are a little bit busier than others and you don't have have as much balance as you'd like but I find that being more mindful in the moment really makes the difference so um, I always start the day I get up and I always wait an hour for my coffee so your first coffee is really important to wait an hour so that your natural balance of your cortisol and your circadian rhythm can connect in so our cortisol is the one that kind of is like our fight or flight it really switches us in and we're like yes go so we want to make that balanced before we have our first shot of coffee so that then when we have that, our body doesn't rely on the caffeine injection. It can rely on the cortisol naturally finding its balance. We're awake, it's happening, and then you get way more bang for your buck out of coffee. So that's one tip. I wait at least an hour for that. Um, and I always i am really mindful when I have my coffee. So I either will sit on the couch and literally just have it, no distractions. I have my dog, have a little cuddle. It's just really a peaceful moment of my morning. And I'm very, very conscious of that, of, of being, like I said, the mindfulness is really important because it might be two minutes, but two minutes of pure calm and just mm-hmm. enjoying that coffee like it is God's gift coming to me. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. my life. <laughs> yeah. um, then I'll either have clients straight up, so I'll get straight into it or get into emails and reply to client check-ins, that kind of stuff. Then I break it up always with a dog walk or exercise. So I take my dog, I try and do two walks a day. Um, and I'll either do, they're not necessarily very long walks, they're probably like 40 minute walks each. And that's just to really get outside, get sunshine on my face, get sunshine in my eyes so that my body knows it's daytime, it re-energizes me, I feel so much better and I can switch back on again when I have my next lot of clients. Then I come back, have clients and then I usually do another break again of either exercise or, um, and at the moment being in Victoria, we only have online classes or at home classes so I usually do something online and then um I usually have the afternoon of like admin or final check-ins anything like that social media stuff but I'm again very conscious of social media I reply to people like twice a day if anything and then that's it if I haven't replied to them and it's taken a really long time to not feel guilty about it and you don't get back to people straight away sometimes it takes like a day or two But it makes such a difference because at one point I was just always on my phone responding Mm -hmm. to every DM that came in, like the instant that it came in or an email that came in. And the only people who get that time of mine now are my clients because that is what we've, that's the agreement that we have. That's how I support them in those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's okay. I can handle doing it with clients, but I can't handle doing it with clients and my mom and then DMs on Instagram and everything. It gets super overwhelming. So I've had to Mm -hmm. put in some serious boundaries. And then always end the day with like an Epsom salt bath or a shower or anything like that just to kind of wash off the day and release the day. I put music on to cook my meals because it makes me feel so much better. Like it just being mindful in that moment. Again, like when I'm cooking, I'm not thinking, you should have written an email, you should have done this, you should have done that. I'm cooking and putting like love into the meal so it feels really beautiful and nourishing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that just puts me in the best mood. The other thing that if I don't have time for a full walk or exercise is I dance. It's like a mood changer, a game changer. So that just, again, the reason why I have those particular breaks put in and they are really important to me, whether it is a dance or a walk or an exercise class, is that when you're, and you would feel this whether you are a coach or a nutritionist or just doing your regular job, you can feel really drained by like 11 o'clock. Then you feel really drained by like 2 o'clock. It's because you just need sitting there. People are draining you, like they're pulling a lot out of you. So it's really important to recharge yourself. And that's how we give back to ourselves so we don't feel depleted at the end of the day. So that by five o'clock comes around, you don't feel like you're empty and you've got nothing left. You've filled yourself up so many times. And a simple dance, like dancing around that like no one is watching to your favorite song, whether it's like S Club 7 or like anything random, whatever you love, whatever floats your boat is the best thing just to like raise your vibe. It Mm -hmm. makes such a big difference. I swear I do it between every single client so that I wash it, like I release whatever that client was and I'm ready for a new one as well. Yeah. Um, And of course, lots of nutrient dense foods to support your body to keep that um, going. Love smoothies in the morning, really Mm -hmm. simple leftovers for lunches always because I don't have time to make Martha Stewart meals every single day. (laughs) And then something super nourishing for dinner. But always just like eating the rainbow as many different kinds of foods that you can and just there's no real like set of anything I just kind of do whatever I'm feeling like tapping mm-hmm. into seeing what my body actually is craving so and you're... chocolate every day <laughs> yeah. well that's been me while pregnant that too. <laughs> yeah. it's very normal don't worry yeah. you're allowed to have chocolate every day yeah so you are you a meal prepper or do you just cook each night um or I usually I usually cook each night and I bulk cook so mm-hmm. Because I've never been much of a meal prep, I did try it for a while. It doesn't work for me. I love my Sundays. Like I love enjoying a Sunday outside or doing something. So for me, I find it easier to say cook a meal on a Monday night. If I cook, um, my example is always spaghetti bolognese. It's just easier. But I load it with like bone broth. I put loads of different veggies into it. Sometimes I'll put like chicken liver and stuff like that. I put make it really nutrient dense, the sauce. Mm-hmm. Then I make it either like with zoodles or pasta for that one night. Then I've got leftovers for the next day. But then I can also create, like I make more sauce so I can freeze some for those nights when you're like, I have no energy. And all you have to do is make pasta or zoodles. You can use it straight away. Or I'll make something different, like a stuffed capsicum the next night. So I'm using that sauce again, but a different meal. Mm. So you don't have to cook every single night. But by bulk cooking, you've got some in the freezer. You can change your meal up and make something a little bit different. And I prefer to do that kind of stuff on the day that I know so in the start of the week, I'll always prepare what I'm going to have for that week to see what I want to cook and how much time I have each night. Some nights I have more, some nights I have less. And I just know that, say, Tuesday nights are a really late night, usually working. So that's the day that I'll always have leftovers ready to go or something in the freezer. And it saves that whole, oh, my God, it's 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. What am I going to eat now? I've got no energy, no time. But you've got something in the freezer, quickly whip it up and you're done. And you don't need to always rely on Uber Eats. You don't need to make those, like, quick hash decisions that you always feel guilty for later like you've got something really good nourishing right there to end the day and it just saves brain power if mm-hmm. anything yeah yeah you really <laughs> motivated me I don't cook nearly enough and so I'm like I really love it I love that you just cook every night <laughs> and never yeah, you... just cook more cook yeah. more and freeze especially as coming into being a new mum. Mm. oh my gosh and even going through each trimester like you're going to feel some days where you're like I don't want to cook and you don't have to like just have things in the freezer bulk cook everything and freeze it and then um you'll have like say curries in the freezer or like bolognese in the freezer and you'll know that you can always go 
yep, done, I can just make that tonight. Or I have marinated meats in the freezer so that when I want something, I just don't have to marinate it or think about it. I can just like Mm -hmm. cook it. Just try and make your life as easy as possible really (laughs) well thank you so much for joining me today jasmine this has been so great i feel like i've I've gotten so much out of our chat (laughs) oh thank you i'm so glad i'm i've absolutely loved it you're so easy to talk to and it's actually been so much fun Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Jasmine. Um, If you wanted to follow Jasmine, you can follow her on Instagram. She's at thewholesome.heart. Yeah, hit her up if you have any questions. Um, Yeah, and keep an eye out. I've got some more exciting episodes with Jasmine coming up. So, yeah, thanks, guys.